I stunt that. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like we got a little, I would say, um, dropped when I tried to grab somebody. It looks like we lost people, which is totally weird. Very, very, very weird what happened here. Very weird. So I'm going to wait for, um, for a sec. Try to get you back, and we everybody dropped. <laughs> it was very weird. So that happens once in a while, and I will pick up the chat in a minute. So hi, Clint. Hi. I think uh, we cannot hear you. Uh, mm -hmm. I cannot hear anything. Uh, maybe that's the reason why the the live ended. Okay, I don't know. Can you hear me now? Ah, yes, very clearly. Okay, so where did I interrupt me and I stopped? I don't know. Sometimes the, the app has a glitch, so it's very, very, very weird, but that happens. Oh, yes. Uh, That's yeah. why I tried to tell you and then suddenly it cut off. <laughs> I know. I tried to get you, and I'm like, whoops, everything dropped. I'm like, oh, that's great. But it's a Friday here on the sea show, so that happens. So where did I cut off? Do you recall? <laughs> oh, uh, once uh, when I entered your life, there's nothing, uh, there's no audio at all. Okay, so we don't know where I dropped. Awesome, uh, yes. I love it. The fact that we don't know where I dropped, that's fabulous. Well, I have Daryl here. I'm going to pick up Daryl. Thank you, Clint, uh, for sure, sure. acknowledging this because I had no idea. But thank you so much. And I'm going to go back where I started. I'm going to do a quick recap of talking what I'm talking about. Thank you so okay. much. Have a beautiful day. Okay, same to you. Appreciate yeah. it. Bye-bye. Okay, and I'm quiet right now. Hi, Daryl. It, it looks <laughs> like I totally dropped out of the world. <laughs> How are you, Emma? Oh, my goodness. I've, I've been seeing you on these business chats. I've been listening. I haven't had a chance to chime in, but, man, you are spot on with a lot of stuff you talk about. So uh, really appreciate your, your content on the business stuff. Uh, oh, thank we, you. We talk about silly stuff a lot, and that's a lot yeah, of fun do. too. You know, yes, we but, do. We talk about everything. Yeah, but no, yeah. I think like studying those sessions for me uh, is the key because a lot of people don't know actually how to generate their leads and mm -hmm. you know do their market, do their website, understanding how a website function and how you can attract your um, the leads and turn it into conversion. It's not difficult to do, but Mm -hmm. nobody's teaching that. And I'm like, well, am I going to open her mouth and do it? <laughs> well, you might as well, right? You, you, you also got a shout out on the wisdom. Twitter yes, I did. Well, so Dio came uh, on my show on uh, impromptu and it was, it was hilarious. Actually. Uh, she came on Monday and dropped in on, in the middle of let's talk about business actually. Uh-huh. So it was super fun. Plus, I gave her my groceries list, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Things you would like done on the app. Good for yes, you. Yes, I did. She's, she's going to be like, oh, my God. Between, you know, three of us on here, between <laughs> you, me, and Graciela, we're like, she's not going to come to this app because she gets more, more to-do list stuff. Well, those are simple things uh, mm -hmm. than I ask. And, uh, you know, that should be done. That will help, especially when you do collaboration. I ask mm -hmm. her if we could have a third guest because when you, you do collaboration, then, you know, you're in one CD. I am in a different CDs. And it would be nice when we talk to have a third person or somebody who wants to add something to it or ask questions to nope. make it easier. Yes. So yes. I've already asked her for that. And I know that she was already aware of that request before. I think when I did talk to her a couple of months ago. So, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can tell that, you know, the, the beauty of this app is the simplicity between the two, uh, the yeah. speaker and the guest. But yeah. I really do think that there should be another like host position, you know, yes. uh, like a co-host position or you yes. could, what you could do is just have the guest chair be upgradable to co-host. And then all of a sudden now you're both on there and you can take one guest you know at yeah. a time that, right, so. that's 
yeah, that's what I would feel would be important to do. Uh-huh. That was the, I mentioned to her because, okay, I'm studying the classes here. So on wisdom mm-hmm. to me are essential. So I think I'm the first one to teach classes here. I think, I don't know. I don't try mm-hmm. to be pretentious on this one, but she was, she was surprised. I'm like, yeah, so people need to know. We need to, you know, mm-hmm. we need to teach uh, as well a few things because people don't know. And uh, I asked her, what was the last one? Um, DM, direct messaging, because I mentioned mm-hmm. to her that we're using Instagram to connect with people on Wisdom. And it mm-hmm. would be nice to have direct messaging here so people can ask questions directly from this app. So that was one thing as well. Yeah, that's lower on my priority list anyway, because there are a ton of different ways that you can message each other, especially once you know each other. And I think that that was one of the things with Clubhouse that people started to not like is the fact that in the middle of their call, they're getting a lot of these DMs and messages. And if they want to ignore them, it's really hard to do when it's built into the app. So that's well, that's one I'm not as excited about. But. So let's put it this way. This should be, so this should be basically, uh, we'll see as a switch at uh, the beginning of the show, do you want mm-hmm. the DM or not? So people, that's cool. if you don't I want like it, that. yeah, you yeah, turn it cool. on and off. But yeah. I think for some of the stuff then we do, like with Dr. Goodman, it will make it easier as well. That's the mm-hmm. kind of collaboration I'm talking. But if you don't want it, they should have the option to, when you set up your show, I don't want any mm-hmm. DM and that's fine. And people won't know, no DM. Right, right. So that should be an option. That should not be a force built in. For me, it should be optional when we pick like the tag, the same with the tags and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That would be me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you always this loyal of a person? Because there's two things I notice about you that's very interesting, I think, for your your person, is that you are so loyal to... um, uh, I forgot the first person uh, that you were doing things with in the C show. Sammy? Oh, Sa- yes. Sammy. I'm still loyal, I'm still still loyal, loyal to Sammy, to yes. 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 And, you know, Dr. Goodman is always welcome on your show. And <clears throat> you stick with things for a long time. Like when you have somebody and you're getting into a topic and you've treated me with that kind of respect where we just – you don't have any rush to get people off and you, you keep the no. timer boldly, I must say, boldly at 60 <laughs> minutes and, yes. you know, and you just let what's going to materialize happen. So that, I mean, one, I think you're very spiritually advanced, no question about that. And I think that that just says something about your personality is, um, you, you're fun and you're abundant. Thank you. And you, and you're loyal. You have to be loyal. If you're not, people will never be with you and you're never going to experience mm-hmm. that. That's the problem. There is a society of consummation. Like, you know, when I'm talking about the sales, you get the people who are loyal to your business mm-hmm. and some will shop for the price. You can be superficial, but I think superficial works for five minutes, but people look more for authentic people and I yeah. am who I am. So for me, yes, Sammy is, if you go to the website, Sammy is on the website I still have his name. It's still the C show and the C show when people ask, it's the Sammy and Emma show. Regardless if I'm the half uh, of the co-host who's doing it right now, Sammy is still part of my family. Sammy and I started that. So I'm not going to erase him because he's busy doing other things right now. Mm-hmm. To me, we're well, holding space for him. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, 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 just, um, it's just nice to see. And, yes, you uh, don't you don't see it in this world that that often. I you think, don't. But no, this is you who don't. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is who you are. It it, yes. it clearly comes through. It really yes. does come through. Oh yeah, and, it's on the website, people. And I also can... appreciate. <laughs> yes. I, I I hope you don't mind me just appreciating on you a little bit. Okay. But I appreciate also the fact that you are so diverse. Like when we talk about stuff, we can go all over the place. Like one time we were talking a little bit about. Uh, political uh, type of, you know, geopolitical kind of yep. things. And we talked about business on here. Yep. We've talked about spirit, you know, just funness and all of these kinds of things. And the idea that you're going to be doing some like courses and things like that on here, it's just, you're pushing the, the boundaries, uh, yep. which aren't, you know, they're not real boundaries, but just sort of the initial boundaries of something new. Yep. Um, you're pushing the boundaries of that. And um, so I think that's why Dio recognized you. And I, I think it's I well think, deserved, you know. Yeah. If you listen to Monday, she was, she was, uh, I think, uh, surprised 
And she even made some comment that made me smile because she she even mentioned to me that how comfortable I am under any circumstances and, you know, even talking to her because I think a lot of people are intimidated to talk to her. But I talk to people from every level, from mm-hmm. CEO to the cleaning crew. And I, I talk to the same way that I talk to everybody. I don't make a difference because we're all human beings and we all need a certain of respect. But I don't need to bow to anyone because for me, if you put people on a pedestal, this is where you're making a difference. I don't want to be on any pedestal because I don't want to fall. If I fall, that's going to hurt more. So I'd rather be on the ground with like everybody else is. That's my philosophy on that. But I feel that, you know, you're having conversation with people and I think it's essential for me. Yes, I, I am somebody who has a very wide background, and I, I always learned from everybody. So all of the knowledge I have in being able to go from one topic to another is normal for me. There's nothing extraordinary for me to do. It's normal. It's who I am. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's cool. But it's, I think it's okay for people to shine a little bit of light and highlight um, aspects of it that you know, is, is a teacher to my journey, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to witness how you handle yourself and in the life and your interviews and everything like that is, is something that I observe and learn from and grow from. So I just, yeah. you know, want to appreciate on that part of Oh, thank you. you. So. That's very nice. And then, yeah, because I, I'm not used to compliment, to be honest. I know. Just I know. Thing, so I'm I know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. To keep put me in an awkward but... position because I'm like, no, do not elevate myself, please. Just, I, know. I don't know. put you on a pedestal. Good. I just, thank you. I just I don't want, want that. <laughs> I just, maybe I'll shine it for other people to yes. understand that there's things in that, um, are little nooks and crannies about people that are really awesome just to observe and to appreciate, um, you know, and I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable, but I, you know, I do think that, um, that's just my mind wave. You know, I see this about you and when I see you on here, I get excited. I get happy, you know, so it's really cool. Something to say funny. Like I said, if you listen every day to the, let's (laughs) talk about business, I yeah. will talk about the same basics, but there will always something new in there That's right. that I'm going to talk about. That's right. But, you know, I think we're at the forefront of innovation. And for mm-hmm. me, adding this into wisdom is a necessity for me yes. teaching classes. Yes. And we should do teaching. We should teach classes. So it's probably why I was a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, wow, I will. And I always done that even when I was in corporate. I remember I had to work on an app and I was with for Micro Puff Puff, aka Microsoft. I call them Micro Puff Puff because I'm not a huge fan of Microsoft, but yeah. that's a different story for another day. Yeah. But um, we were developing actually a, um, a software was needed to be developed and it, it takes about 18 months to get from the beginning to the end. And uh, I knew it. I watched those people making false promises in there. And also then they turned around and said, okay, my, we need this in 90 days. You need to find something else. And we went with the app, Microsoft app, and we created an app. And every time we went and talked, and I had a genius of a girl. Oh, my God, that girl was so good. That woman was a freaking genius. She put the app that we wanted together. We pushed the limit so far beyond. Every time we asked the support for Microsoft, they were amazed because they never thought how to develop that app the way we did. Mm-hmm. And they did not have a solution. Every time we found a solution and we had another problem, we connected with them. They were unable to help us because they were not visionary enough. And I said to her, laughing, I said, we should maybe apply for a job over there because obviously we do better than they do as the developers. But wow. for me, it's you take something and you see possibilities. And for me, wisdom is a possibilities to want for people to communicate better because the more you talk, that's why I encourage people to start their own shows is to learn to communicate. And the more you practice, the better you become a communicator. True. Two, there is a huge possibility right here to teach classes, sessions, whatever you want to call it during the day for people mm-hmm. to listen to it. Like business, it could be intuitive. It could be a lot of things people would love to hear about. Like I'm just starting with these basics and I'm going to go deeper probably into the website. I'm going to go deeper into other area. But I want to teach the fundamental for people 
who have no idea you want to start to do to start your business here's your basics you need to know so you're not going to struggle or make mistake then you don't know you made mistake because you don't know why you're not getting the leads if you have a business look at what you've got so far and how you do your sales do you do discount well you need to switch do other things that works better so for me it's giving information for people who don't know? Not everybody is well versed on every uh, single aspect of a business and how to run a business. It's mm -hmm. not true. Or yeah, maybe if there is one, yeah. I want to meet that person actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what mm. I mean? It's like it's helping. It's just so for me doing those classes, you know, during the week, um, it's helping people. It's entertaining for sure because I always have something funny to say in there. But at least you know the fundamental and the basics. And when you go and look at a website, then you can recognize if this is interim, this is engaging, this is telling me something. No, it doesn't. Okay, I'm not going to go buy from it, but I can see the difference now. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. I don't know. That's really cool. You know, I was thinking yeah. when you, you uh, got a little lost there when you were talking about the coupon and how it doesn't work. I was thinking about that versus, you know, making a really high quality product. What is your what is your take on that? Because the, the, what, the discount or the... Uh... Yeah. Quality versus discount. Like if you if you were to be Apple versus somebody that runs coupons all the time, like Geico, um, why do you think one works and one? Well, what, they both work, but like, what what do you think creates more repeat customers and loyalty? Because I that I would be the quality. Yeah. The problem, the problem when you do discount, those are most people will run for discount. Other people are not loyal. They go by price. They are the price right. transactional. Yeah, yes. it's a transactional relationship it, versus it's an, quality. Yeah, and it's an idea that I have a discount, so I pay less. Which, uh, well, you can pay less, but you know, if you're the owner, you're shooting yourself in the foot every single time. But it's the the, the society we're in right now has been trained to go for discount. Yes. And it's the wrong thing to do because you don't have any loyalty in the people. Mm. I can go to, well, yeah, if you see an ad, people. you know, people, some people wait for the Sunday ad to look at what's in sales. They don't care if it's their favorite store or somebody else's. They're going to go where the discount is. Yes. People, yes. like the people, Apple, I'm an Apple girl. I, I don't care if you have a discount on the Samsung or whatever. I'm sticking with Apple for the quality because it's reliable and I appreciate the design. There is a lot of things they educate me about that makes me stick with those guys. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. That's education right there. Yep, exactly. I love it. It's always great to talk to you. Uh, someday we'll get into it more, but I, I am unfortunately multitasking and I want to be 100% pres uh, present with you because you deserve it. And, thank uh, you, Daryl. Thank you. Yep. Thank you uh, very much. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I uh, hope we can connect soon. There is a seashore tonight you have time to do. We'll okay. be at the seashore relaxing. <laughs> very nice. Come right. and join me back. <laughs> I just want to also say thank you for all the fun talks. I've enjoyed them. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All Take right. care, Daryl. Yep, bye, bye. bye. So I don't know what happened with my talk at the beginning because I have uh, you know a different screen. So I'm going to try to do a little recap at the beginning for the leads uh, before I go back to the website and my, the the when the system crashed. So. 80-20 rules, very simple, 20% of the day, 20% of what you do during the day, generate 80% of your annual revenue. Basically, you're selling. That's what it is. I'm doing a shortcut right now. So the formula to generating more leads is market, message, media. Market, you need to know your market, target market. If you don't, then you need to focus on who do you want to target your product or services. Create a marketing market dominating position, which is eliminate. And the key is all the way around. What I'm talking about is to remove you from the competition, meaning you cannot, nobody can go compare apples to apples with your product or services. You're eliminating, eliminating the price competition. You use a conversion equation, which I, I'm going to re-explain this about it. And that applies for ad and website. That to me is crucial. If you want to attract people and traffic on your website, you need to do those four things. So it might require you at the end of the day to go back and be honest with your website, criticize your website, because the more you do it, the better it is, and you can modify it and get the right message for the people to come and convert to customers. Again, applies to um 
what do you call it, product or services. I'm talking, what I'm talking about as well, along the conversation and the session I'm doing every day, applies to every business, every industries. It's not one specific one, it's everybody across the board. You need to use a compelling offer because if you don't have a compelling offer that is so irresistible, they're going to ignore you. So that's another thing, and there is a way to do it. And is your campaign strategic or you use tactics? Again, that's another thing you need to decide when you do those campaigns, when you do those advertising. Now, to convert for more conversion, those are the four things people need to know. You need to enter with your headline. You need to engage with your sub-headline. You need to educate people. Because if you don't educate them, they're not going to make... Uh, the wisest decision, they're not going to feel they're in control either. It's like, well, if you don't tell me why I should buy from you, then I'm not going to buy from you. I'm going to go to somebody else's. I got options. You need to stop them on their track. That's it. And the offer must be so compelling and so irresistible that your prospect can't turn it down. Like, oh my God, I want this now. One of the things you need to do, because you need on the conversion equation, you need to quiet the chatter people have. That's another thing. Because if people are still yakking in their head and say, I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm not sure. If they have any hesitation, they're not going to go. Like I always said, if I, if I have a doubt, in doubt, I don't go. I don't buy. If I don't have any doubt and you show me exactly the right path, then I'm going for it. I am good. So over, overcoming the chatter. And I took the example of the sea show where... The website, as an example, where the headline is, let's start the conversation. And it's like, what kind of conversation are we talking here? It's the first time I'm looking at this. I stumble upon the, uh, about that website. I don't know what it is, the seashore, but there is a conversation going on. I want to know what it is. And I'm going to engage you by, by stating the adventure start here. Okay, what kind of adventures do we got here? Because I want to know. And it's like, yeah. So I'm looking at three individuals that I'm going to click on Dr. Goodman and I'm going to be educated. I want to know what he's doing. So I'm going to have the information that I need about him very quickly. Doesn't need to be uh, 20 pages in there. And I'm going to have the client and the topic is working with those client. And one of them might be one I need. So I have an option right here in his bio to click uh, for a session where I can go directly on his website. Or because the offer is so good, I want to know and I want to listen to his show. So I am going to go back to the main page, to the landing page. And just below uh, his name, I have one called The Sea Show All About Love, Dr. Goodman. And I click on it. And guess what? The offer is right here for you to listen to his show. It's like a teaser. Then people, if they are interested, going to say, you know what? I like Dr. Goodman. I'm going to work uh, with him. So I'm going to connect with him. Here we go. There is no more chatter. That's how you do it. Very simple. So go to your website. Look at your headline. Is, is this interrupt me? Is, is it going to stop anyone to stop and say, okay, that's interesting. I want to know more. Is your sub headline engage? And below, do, you have, do I have something that educates me here? Because if it doesn't, well... They're not going to stick around. And the offer must be so compelling and irresistible and say, I'm doing it now. So the secret to converting more lead is to create a compelling offer. Something that people need to understand because the buyer journey, not everybody understands the buyer journey. You have three kinds of buyers. The future buyers, and this is what they're playing in their head. Why should I buy? Why should I buy? Because I don't need it, but why should I buy? Give me a reason when I'm looking at your website, your ad, why should I buy from you? Why should I buy now this product or this service? Because I don't need it. Now, the soon-to-buy buyers, which is like, okay, I'm thinking about buying. Not sure yet. But the question in their head is, why should I not buy? That's a legitimate question. But if you give them the right information, then they're going to go for it. Now, the buyers, the ones who are ready to buy, woohoo! but it's less than 1%. That's only less than 1% are ready to buy. Do you imagine 99% of those guys are not there yet? But you can bring them there with a few things that you can do. So the, new, the now I'm ready to buy, the only question they have is, who should I buy from? Because this is where it's like, 
well, am I going to buy on Amazon? I'm going to buy on your, uh, on Jane, uh, at the Jane store on the block. Where am I going to go? That's the only question I got to do. It's where and who. That's it. That's your buyer journey. So if you know that and you understand that and you can be in their mind, in their shoes for a minute, then you get the right message. They're all going to come, even the future, the soon-to-be, they're all coming and knocking at your door. Now, there is five steps of profit formula, and those should be used by any industries, anyone at any given time. You got the upsell, which means offering a higher grade or quality or size, like we just talked about uh, with Daryl, of the items that uh, the customer may be interested in at the point when the customer is ready to buy. So I'm going to take two examples. One of them is my favorite one, which is WellTT. I'm sorry, I love my WellTT, 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 WellTT. And I'm going to take a real example of a dentist as well to, to show you that it goes between, uh, it can travel between different industries. So WellTT, uh, Walmart does a very good thing. And if you don't believe me, go to the store, go into the uh, soap aisle or in the shampoo aisle because you got all of the five different type of uh, sales that I will be talking about. I think I'm going to talk about four, I think. But all of them are on the shelves. And they are placed strategically next to each other. They don't have somebody else's to ask you if you want something. You do it on your own. So the upsells. I'm going to talk about the upsells. If I go into the soap aisle and I'm, I have a brand of a soap that I'm looking at at 30 ounce. And guess what there is next to it? A size up. The biggest size, 64 ounce. One is at three bucks. The other one is at five bucks. Guess what I'm going to go buy? I'm going to go buy the upsells. I'm going to go buy the bigger size, thinking I'm making more for the money, for the buck, which in reality, no, the profit is probably, they're still making a good profit, but I'm upselling it. Instead of buying the regular, I'm going for the bigger size. That's what I do because I think I got a better deal which in sometimes it's not really the case. You pay more, but you get the impression you get more for that size. So, hey, I got more for my buck. I take it. And a lot of people do that. Now I'm going to give the example of, a true example of the dentist. You take a dentist and he wants to specifically target family without dental insurance and offer them virtually the exact same service as those with dental insurance, but without paying the expensive monthly premium. So by offering a routine exam and cleaning for $25, normal copay with insurance cover their cost for the treatment. So. I'm going, I'm looking at, uh, I don't have insurance. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to need to find a um, dentist. I'm finding John Doe over there who is a dentist and do this. I'm like, for $25, I'm getting a routine exam and a cleaning. Oh, I'm going there. During the exam, they say, oh, Emma, we found that you have a little spot on one of your two teeth and you need to, you need to do a uh, filling. I'm like, okay. Then, now you need to realize what the upsells is. If then the upsells are all additional services then they need, such as filling, crown, dental, brace, etc. That's mean I'm paying the full price for the, um, for the uh, filling right there. That's their upsells. They're not discounting them. This is the full price I'm going to pay. That's how they're doing it. Bring the, the customer in, and then their upsells will do the deal, will do the rest. Now, just like the old change shop, if you go to an old change and they said, okay, it's $10 for the old change, and um, they go check the brake, they checked everything, even the lights, and they realize that one of the light bulbs is burned, and they're going to say, okay, well, your light bulbs is burned, it will cost you $90 for the light bulbs plus, uh, plus installation, 120 So I'm living over there. Instead of $10, I spend 130 bucks just for that because something else wasn't functioning and it's an upsell for them directly because it wasn't part of what they're doing, but it's a full service they offer and I'm going to pay for it. So that's your upsells. Very easy. Now the cross-sales, and that's the biggest one that people should start to do for any businesses. Cross-selling means offering other product or services which complements the item the customer is interested in at the point when the customer is ready to buy. 
which means, do you imagine 34% of prospects will buy additional product or service at the time of their original purchase if they are asked to do so? If you don't offer, they're not going to purchase. That's simple than that. So let's say you have, um, what do you call it? Uh, a salon, hair salon. You're done to do the cut. What do you? What is you seen, What do you think the person's going to do next? Well, would you like some shampoo? Would you be interested? We have a new mask. Blah blah blah. You're cross selling, and the person will say yes or no. That's it. You just have to ask. If you go to some grocery stores, they ask you uh, when you go to the cashier, "Did you find everything else you need?" And if you say no then they might be picking up the, the phone and page, the department where you cannot find stuff. What are they going to do? They're going to do cross-sales. They're going to sell you something that maybe it's in the back. Or maybe they're going to sell you a different rice. Um, and now the new one, they said you want some basmati and they don't have the brand you want it, but they can sell you and find something in the back that is another basmati rice for you. And, you, and here we go. You got it right there. Or you're missing something, a mustard, and you don't have it and say, well, you don't have the mustard on the shelf. They go over in the back. Here we go. Here's your cross sales right there. There is a lot of things you can do in cross sales that can help you. I had um, a bakery I was working with, and I asked them when I was doing, going through the process with those guys, and I asked, I said, do you do cross sales? Well, she did it maybe a few times, but they, her employees were, were not doing it. By calculating how much she left on the table, because I did a 3% um, increase if she was doing this and it was conservative, she lost about 38, 38 to 40,000 annual revenue, and that was the lower end. Do you imagine then you leave this on the table every single time you're not asking? That bites. Yeah, I slept well at night. That wasn't my business, but that would have been mine. I would have had a heart attack. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? We're going to start to do it right now. We're going to cross-sell everybody who comes in the shop. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. You don't need to try to be desperate when you're doing it, but you can ask people, do you need anything else? Would you like this? Would you like that? No? Okay. Well, have a nice day. And the next person will say, oh, yeah, why not? You never thought about this? Here we go. 34%. You ask. 34%. It's not that bad. I want it. So, <laughs> what am I 34% in there, too? So, let's talk about the... the um, the example of the uh, uh, restaurant, and again, true story. So uh, the staff that were instructed to bring an appetizer wine card to each table before the patron orders and offer free individual samples to increase sales of both offering. Repeated at the end of each patron's meal by bringing the dessert card around and give a free sample of each dessert to everyone at the table as the way to entice patrons to order dessert. The test and reciprocity instantly doubled the appetizer, wine, and dessert sales. Highest margin offering. Isn't it unbelievable? And I ask, going back to actually uh, the story with the, um, um, the bakery, I asked them if they were doing sampling, actually. Kim, when I was talking to her, I said, do you sample some of your product? And some of them, you have seasonal as well. But I'm like, do you sample some of your stuff? And she said, no. I said, you should, because if you sample it, people will buy it. Have you ever gone to a grocery store when they do samples? I think it's Thursday through Sunday or something like that, unless that changed. But I think it's because this is where the most people are coming into the grocery stores, but whatever. And you go in there, you got your list. You're like, okay, I'm going to stick to my list. And all of a sudden, you're smelling food. And by the time you realize you're in the front of the... <laughs> The display, the sampling display, and you're like, oh, I want a test of this. I want a test of that. You're, you know, and as you're testing it and you're talking with the uh, person who's doing the sampling, you're like, okay, uh, I love it. I enjoy it. And I'm going to buy it. So you live with a couple of boxes of whatever they're selling. But that wasn't part of your groceries list. But that happened. That's called a cross, a cross sales. And you do it via sampling. So people test it. And guess what? They're buying it. Now, if you don't have anything and you have a service, don't make them eat your uh, piece of paper saying it's a cross-selling. You must say so. No, we don't. <laughs> we only do with food. So, but think about it. Think about the cross-sales you can do. Seriously. Very simple to ask people. Ask. And if they say no, that's fine because you know 34% will say yes no matter what. So, 
Keep it on positive and always ask. It should be part of a pattern about of what everybody should be doing. That's how you increase your sales. So now the restaurant driving dramatically increases its total order revenue by implementing an initial order of sales strategy with the waiter staff. What they did, they trained the staff to describe the more expensive entries on the menu and give the patrons their personal recommendation. Most patrons go with the staff recommendation and this easily increased total revenue by 10 to 15%. Now, I go to a restaurant once in a while and enjoy a good meal. If I don't know, you know, go randomly in some uh, other restaurant, new restaurant, because I like to do that. I like to visit and see what else there is new around the block. Then I will automatically ask, if I, if I have an hesitation, I always do. Uh, I always ask the staff to tell me what is the recommendation, or I can ask them boldly without looking at the uh, menu, what sells the most? What is your big seller? And they will answer you on that. They always do. And most of the time, people go with it, and I do. And so far, I've never been disappointed. So why not, you know, do the recommendation? If you have a recommendation, please do so. That's what we're supposed to be doing, recommendation. So you always lean on the staff. So now this is the biggest part of it. This is like the meat in this session. How to stop discounting madness by offering additional value through bundling. And a lot of people don't know how to bundle. One of the uh, industry, biggest industry who's doing the bundling is the insurance. You hear it. I heard it yesterday when I was parking my car in a garage. I heard a commercial, bundling this, bundling your home, car, blah, 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 insurance. I'm like, okay, here we go. Bundling, bundling. But bundling happens to, uh, to any industries or services or product. Now, Waltiti do the bundle. And if you go to the shampoo aisle... And Emma likes to go to the shampoo aisle and uh, you're looking at uh, one bottle on the shelf of shampoo. Next to the bottle of shampoo, you will have the conditioner. And guess what's next to the conditioner? A bottle of shampoo and a bottle of conditioner all wrapped in a pretty bow as a bundle. And guess what Emma's doing? Because I need the shampoo and I need the conditioner and it's a good deal. I'm going and taking the bundle. I'm not taking it individually. Here we go. So what I love with those guys at Walmart, they are the genius in there. Uh, all of their shelves have everything from any customers. The regular size, if you don't want to spend the money, you got the upsells, the size up, you got the cross sales if you want other things to go in there because you never know what else you need in that aisle. You may be going to get something else. Well, maybe you need a hair clip. You need something. Who knows? Or lofa. Doesn't matter. And you get the bundle. So it goes to everybody coming in the store. It targets everybody. Not one type of customers. Everybody test. Now, the biggest things for me, and that's where people need to stop, is the crazy madness of the discount. Because he makes people not being loyal to companies, but they go after the price. And that's why I talked about at the beginning of the session or session part two, I maybe did part one, <laughs> you know, if the app was working. But the price needs to be removed from the equation. That's the key. If you want a successful business, you need to remove the price from the equation. Whatever you got to offer has to be so resistible that they could care less about the price, basically. So bundling is simply the process of grouping together certain products to create packages, which are then sold to clients. Create an apple to orange comparison and remove price from the equation. That's the secret. That's the secret sauce that everybody don't want you to know. Remove the price. You cannot compare an apple and an orange, people. So when you do the bundle, this is what you do. You remove the price from the equation. Customer today shop value, not price. We have been trained, and that's the trend from some of those big companies, then they decided discount should be the norm. It's not. And people assume that every time they go shopping. I'm like, no, shop for, for value. You want something valuable. You want something valuable. You don't want to buy a piece of junk, discounted, and then 
a week after or two hours later, you have to buy another one. It's ridiculous. Unfortunately, small businesses are lousy at conveying their value proposition. And this is so true. They don't know how to do it. So they left to use the price. The price become the only value proposition left to the consumer. And that's the biggest mistake. Your product is probably better than the next person, the competitor, but the problem is now based on price. And not only is based on price, but you're impacting at this point your margin profit. You are shooting yourself in the foot. So the real key to success in marketing is to offer more value than your competition. That's it, more value. Prospect will pay twice the price if they believe they are receiving four times more values. So true because I do that all the time. I do that all the time. Emma, it's like Christmas. Christmas is around the block every 15 minutes when I can find a bundle. I'm like, yes, I got it. Even if I don't care what some of the stuff is, I don't care. I got more for the buck. So I take it. <laughs> you let me have my bundle, people. But it's true. Prospect will pay twice the price if they believe they're receiving four times more values. Isn't it unbelievable? It's like, oh my God, are you freaking serious? And we, yes, I am. Unfortunately, business in vain attempt to increase their value begin to offer discounts. And that often destroy their margin. Yes, it is. The margin profit get a hit. Did you know if some business discount their price by a mere 10%, they now have to sell 50% more just to break even? How ridiculous is that? I sell, okay, let's put this into perspective. I say, I, I get up this morning, hit the floor, hit my hand down the ground, and I say, Emma's going to discount her widget and is selling. Mine sells for 100 bucks, but I decide to do a 10% discount because I have nothing better to do now. Like, okay. Now, let's put this in perspective. Uh, the cost of to do, the cost to make this widget costs $70. My regular price is 100 So I make a $30 profit. Now I'm discounting 10%. The price... The cost to make that good, it's still $70. Now I only can make a profit of $20. What is wrong with me? And I have to sell more to break even? Oh, no, that's not happening, people. I am not going to waste my time sweat bullets just to sell half more, just to make even. There is no point to it. It's ridiculous. But that's what happens every day with the discount because we, want, we love discount, discount, discount. And that's the wrong thing to do for your business, for anyone's business. The closely guarded secret that successful business don't want you to know is start discounting. You need to innovate your business so you offer more value than your competition, even if that means increasing your price. Yep. When you discount your price, you lose the full value of every dollar you discount, which is true. I just gave you an example right there. Bundling increases the perceived value so prospect buy more. Example, I want to buy a mop. So I'm going to go to Joe's store. Joe has a mop for four bucks. I'm going to go to Genie around the block because I know Genie always have good stuff going on over there. But I want to see the price because I want to see how much she sells the same one. Go to her store, look at the mop, same brand. But guess what? That goes with it. I got a gallon water of a bucket. I got a gallon water. What did I say? Gallon water? Yes, I did. Emma, Emma, Emma. A gallon bucket, <laughs> plastic one, not full of water. We're going to leave the water to Jeannie. You get a pair of gloves, rubber gloves, and you get a scrubber for eight bucks. I got more for eight dollars than I got for the four dollars. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to go with the goodies and the bundling because I got a perceived value of I get more for that buck. Very simple. I got more stuff. I want my Christmas little gift and I get it. Very simple. Add. You need to add. You need to bundle. And again, take the example of the insurance. That's what they do all of the time. You save 10% if you're bundling with this, 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 and that, blah, blah, blah. They give you the, the, the they're kind of di doing the discount on the top of it, which is not a discount because it's a freaking lie. But they're using the bundling to make you believe, well, you're going to save a little less. Well, yes, there is a technique to do that that gives you the illusion you're going to, you're going to, what do you call it? Um, 
save more when in fact the bottom price are exactly the same that they wanted to set in the first place. But they gave you the way putting the word discount in there, but they're bundling, they're grouping something together. So it looks cheaper. That's all. So now we're going to increase price and profits. It's how to cut costs, unnecessary, unnecessary expenses. And there is a lot of things. Maybe one day we'll talk more about unnecessary expenses. Because there is some stuff when you're looking back at some stuff that people have for their business. And it's like by the time you cut what is unnecessary, it's like, well, you save a lot of money. Are you you're changing your phone lines because you can get a better price somewhere else? I've done that. I saved about four. Uh, they were paying 12 grand. Uh, for the phone and the, and I'm talking mobile. By the time I was done to do all of that, they were paying only four thousand. So they sa saved about ten grand or something like that a year. It was very funny. I'm like, well, think about what you've got and change some of the stuff that is not necessary. Seriously. So there are two major ways to increase your overall profitability: increase revenue and decrease your cost of doing business. Simply raise your price. But again. The boogeyman is coming back, uh, is coming out of the closet right now because most small business haven't raised their price since never. They are scared to death that any prices increase, no matter how small, will lead to a mass exodus of all of their customers. And we just talked uh, about it with Daryl about this one. Um, Again, let's say you say, I sell a widget for $100 and decide to increase that price by 10%. It's 110 Will that small increase really lead to a loss of customers? Well, yeah, there will be a couple who's going to leave because, again, like I said, we talked with Daryl, you have shoppers that have no show, no loyalty or patronage to the business. Why? Because they go after the price. That's all. They don't care the quality. They don't care who you are. They are price shoppers. So you're never going to stop them. And honestly, I rather want, I want them to go then stay in my business because they are not even loyal. So they don't care about me. They don't care about my product and they probably will not buy it again because somebody else is going to make a cheaper version of it and they're going to get it. I'm not going after them. I'd rather keep my loyal customers, know who they are, than having the price shoppers who come once in a while. They're not the one who's going to make a big difference in your business at all. The price shoppers, not. It's like the... It's illusional, the illusion leprechaun that just disappear. They go in and disappear. So that's not what you're looking for. But even though there will be some customer attrition, to what extent? That's the question. To what extent? Well, let's go back to that little uh, widget. So you're making an additional $10 now. And all of this is full profit. It's pure profit, which is a 33% profit increase. For this business to make a $1,000 profit, selling their widget at $100, which was the regular price, they need to sell 33.3, which is 34 widgets. They have to sell 34 widgets for a grand in profit. But by, the, by increasing that little bitsy by 10%, they only need to sell 25 widgets, 34 versus 25 now, okay? Well, here's the kicker, and that means that just to break even, that doesn't mean more profit, that's just breaking even. This business will have to lose 25% of its customer over a measly 10% price increase. That is not going to go, that's not going to happen. Of course, you're going to lose some, which should be the 1 to 2 to 3%. That is normal. Those are your price shoppers. The rest, no, they're not. Now, one thing you need to do is when you decide to do an increase, you need to do a test increase on a small scale so you can gauge the reaction. You do not want to say, well, I got up this morning and fall down onto the ground and said, okay, hit her head on the, on the floor, got up and say, well, I want a 50 to 100% increase. You don't. You do maybe a 3, 4, 5, 10% max. So you come in an incremental. Those are simply is no faster or easier way to generate additional revenue. Those are the simplest one. So when you execute all of those strategies from the uh, lead generation to conversion to sales, then you created a system for your business that will generate a consistent large number of lead conversion and sales on an ongoing basis. 
by modifying a few things, by changing the way you're doing things a little bit, you get all of this in a beautiful wrapping bow because you created a self-sustaining model that runs on its own without you having to be there, meaning I have this running, my employees know how to do it, we're doing the same thing all over again, over, over. It's not a one-time and happy land. It's doing it on a daily basis, yearly basis. This is how you increase your business. And this is where you start to gain not only economic freedom, but also freedom of time because I want to spend my time with my family. I don't want to be stuck somewhere where I'm going to be miserable and the rest of the family is going to be angry, the wife, the mate, because at the end of the day, they don't see me. You want to spend time with your family, not being married to your business. We're married to our business, but still, you want to find some time to be with your loved ones, and that's how you do it. If someone owns a business building website, every time they deliver a website to a client, they have to go out and find a new client. It's a never-ending story. But when you execute those strategies, you will always have new orders in your pipeline thanks to the compelling, powerful advertising couple with a dripping campaign. And you could even have, actually, um, joint ventures. Um, and I will talk about, uh, say about the joint ventures. So... You will have not only uh, joint ventures, but you have upsells. I'm going to talk about the downsells because I did not uh, specify downsells. Cross-sales taking place daily, along with selling additional affiliate products, which will be from a joint ventures and services to your customers. You will implement higher pricing that your customer will willingly pay. You're not forcing them. They're going to come to you like Apple. Apple doesn't force their people to sell, the, to buy the $1,000 phone. We do it on our own, isn't it? Thanks to the, highest, uh, the higher perceived value you've created. And you will have lower costs that will add significant revenue to your bottom line. So let's talk about the down sales for a sec, because a lot of people don't understand what a down sales is and don't know, actually. Um, oh, liquid. Oh, that, that bites. Um, so, um, in order to do this, um, you, <laughs> sorry, somebody takes me something and I'm like, holy crap, the DMV is not cheaper on here. <laughs> Thank God it's not me, but still, it's like, whoa, need a drink of cognac here. So, down sales, go back to Walt TT. A down sales, basically, it's a product, and uh, there is two ways they're doing down sales. There's a product that uh, you don't, you pay, instead of paying the full price, they're going to lower down the price. So if you go to the bakery, and I take example of the bakery because I do that all the time, and you look at uh, some of their breads, they are almost ready to expire, expire the, the expiration to sell it. They're selling by debt is a day prior to that. They will down sell it, meaning... They're going to, instead of paying $3 for that bread, you're going to pay, maybe pay $150. Again, a down sale, they're still making money. They're not losing money. It's a down sales. So instead then trashing it, give it to the pigs or whatever they're giving it to, then they're selling it down for somebody to buy it at a lower price, but they're still making profits. And they do it for some of their products too, like their salad and stuff like that. Oh, damn it. So that's a down sales. There is another one they do a down sales, and I use it a lot because it's like, whoa, it's awesome. If I go online into their websites, uh, when I choose and select all of my product before I pay, then I looked at on the side, and there is a little check mark, then I ask for substitution. You want to substitute. So that means for them that if the product is not on the shelf, they will utilize another, they will use the same uh, product you're looking for, different brand, and it can be higher price as well. It doesn't matter, but they will sell it at the price marked for the item you want it. And I had experienced this with the olive oil. I even was there yesterday, and I double-checked even the olive oil is still higher price. I wanted a specific brand. It was like 5 bucks, And they didn't have that product, so they, they got me another one. Uh, higher content as well because they were more into into this one, so that was this. But the price instead of be five bucks, it was about what ten, twelve bucks. So, yeah, that's the that's the um, that's the deal on this one. So, so this is down sales. I have done uh, down sales when I was working in products for a long time ago as well. On overnight, when you got an ad and uh, instead of paying during. <laughs> Always, it always makes me laugh. The only 
ad they had was, well, not only, but the only one that always have a problem is the raspberries. Every year at the same time, every year they will do the same ad the same week. Every year they never had <laughs> the raspberries coming for the go on the shelf. So I would talk with customers and I will do a down sales, meaning I would take the organic one we were way more expensive, but I will go to the cashier, give it to the cashier and say, you need to apply this for the, for the, the ad for the week. So instead of paying like $4.99 one, one of those um, little one basket of uh, raspberries, they would pay for $2, $2, which was a great saving for them. But I did, this was a down sales for them as well. I did a cross sales and a cross sale and a down sales in the same time. So, and no, there wasn't an upsell because I didn't sell it for that, but it was a down sale. So this is the kind of things that if you look around, and the same with the joint venture, I forgot the joint venture. So looking at the joint venture is the same kind of a story, quote unquote. I'm going to use my uh, favorite one that I appreciate it and I love very much. That would be my bakery over into um, um, Canada when I ask her, actually, um, if uh, she had any joint venture, and she said no. So I asked her very the basics. I said, okay, so a joint venture is basically partnering with somebody is not a competitor, but is complementary or within the line of what you're doing. Basically, for her, I asked her if she ever had a joint venture with a restaurant, and she said no. And I asked her, you have a restaurant? And she said yes. So go and visit the restaurant, bring your samples. And see if you can sell your bread over there. Over there, you're you're not like far from those guys. So why would you not become their suppliers? And in exchange, you can advertise their restaurant into your bakery. Here we go. That's how it works. I asked the same about the bed and breakfast and the lodges because some of them she, they wear bed and breakfast over there and lodges. And I said the same thing. Apply the same thing because. Bed and breakfast and lodges will love to have their little cookie and stuff like that. And if you can make it, they will be more than happy to purchase. And you put it at the bottom underneath of the uh, package, your label. Here we go. They will come and visit you if they found it, it's good. So that's why it's a very interesting to, um, to see that people don't utilize all of this. If you do utilize everything I'm talking about, then you can put your business up and running. You can, the loss of leads you had for the past two years, you're gonna gain them back. You're gonna increase your revenue. Amazing. And there is no secret sauce, like nobody should know. Everybody should know that, but most people don't. So apply it for yourself. If you want to start your own business, do the same thing. And for the website, criticize your website. Even if you say, well, I'm proud I build it. Well, that's good if you're proud to build it, but does it bring enough traffic? Because if it doesn't, what's the point? What's the point? Seriously, if you cannot sell stuff, if you cannot attract the people there, then there is a problem on your website. And yes, you're going to have to modify it, but hey, what? It's not going to hurt. It's going to bring you more lead. It's going to bring you more uh, in income. There is no reason to, to do not say no on, on this one. I don't know. I'd rather do that than transform what I'm doing and modify it. So at the end of the day, I got what I need than stucking myself in the foot and freaking out and say, oh, nobody's coming and buying my stuff. I have seen a lot of people and I work with a lot of people that have amazing, amazing product and services, but they don't know how to market it. They have no idea. They don't know how to sell it properly because nobody taught them to. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to go there. We're going to buy it. We're going to help you. We're going to stabilize you. We're going to run your operation. We're going to show you how to run your operation as well because there is more to it. There is the HR. There is, you know, the accounting. There is a lot of things. And a lot of people don't because they are good at what they know, their skill set, their product. They are not good to innovate. But they suck at running operation and they suck at running marketing. And that happened to a lot of people. Other thing that can happen too, if you don't have the right people around you, and I've seen it too many times, not the right website designer, not the right marketing company that can help you to market yourself, you can lose thousands and thousands of dollars and you got nothing. And I, again, I got nothing against the um, uh, marketing companies at all. Um, everything can make their own, uh, you know, everybody has the right to create what they want to create. But the problem I had when I interview one, because I always interview people, when I, even when I started a few years ago, I always interview people. No matter who you are, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to have a service, going to provide a service for me, I'm going to interview you to feel and to see if you fit 
what I need. Because it's easy to say I can do marketing, but if you cannot answer a question, and I did, I asked a question, I knew I didn't need it marketing actually, because I knew the universe told me that it's happening organically for everything you do, so don't even bother because you will be wasting your money. But I did, by curiosity, contacted one of them, and um, they wanted, what, over $2,000, and that was a few years ago, and they wanted to do a, a market campaign, a drip campaign, blah, blah, blah. They will get a listing from I don't know where, because I had no idea where the listing was. And they did not uh, ask me the question about what was my market target. Nope, 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 nope. They will take a listing. They will do this. They will do that. Okay. When I asked them, what is the percentage of lead or return do I get? They were incapable to tell me, oh, well, it depends. Well, it depends on what? Because you should have a statistic on how you run your leads and gives you an average of, well, maybe you will get 20%, 25% response. They were incapable to tell me anything. So I'm like, okay, so if I understand, I give you the two grand, you run with it, you do whatever you want. I have no idea what you're doing. And at the end of the day, I have to have faith in you that something's going to happen. I don't think so. I keep the $2,000, get a trip to Hawaii, and it will be just fine with that. I will have a better time with that than you. I didn't have to do it. But for me, it's like, if you understand your basics, the concept, then you can approach companies that can support you, like the website designer, marketing company, whatever you want to do. But you can approach them in a more informed way so you can make a better decision. And I have encountered a lot of business owners who gave money and throw money away and it never worked. And they are disappointed because they lost trust. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go and fix that and educate you and make sure you make the right decision for you and your company. Because a company who do these kind of things and take money away, at the end of the day, their reputation is going to sink because nobody's going to trust them and the words will come around. So it's better when you start your company to educate yourself and look what doesn't work. It's not rocket science. It seems like rocket science. It's scary when you're looking at it. It's very overwhelming to a place of a business owner when, um, you know, when you go into the adventure of a lifetime and you spend and, and your time, your money to create something you know is going to work. But the hardest part is to put all of those pieces together. That is the hardest part. It's very overwhelming, draining. So you don't need the stress on the top of it to what you do with all of this. And that's the reason, one of the reasons I'm doing the, the session. That's the reason I'm doing the session. To teach people how to do that. Not that complicated. But... It is complicated when you don't know. It's pretty easy if you follow the roadmap. It's very easy. What I give as information is very, very easy to do. If you go to my website, EDG, I didn't put there because after I crashed the first time, I did not read the website. But go to the uh, website, uh, edgonlinelearning.com. Look at the layout of the website. Look at the layout, okay? Scroll down at the bottom because what you're going to find is a video who talks about a website market domination, dominating part two. I have videos uh, from my e-learning platform that I, I put it available for people. But this one is interesting because it talks again about websites. It's light opening. It's eyes opening. It's like, whoa, I would have never know if somebody did not tell me this and explaining this. Just take the time to do it. You'll be surprised. And the layout, same thing. Look at the layout, the way it's done. I don't say it's the best one in the world. I'm saying it's interrupt. It's engaging. It's, it is, it is, it is uh, education. Because I am giving you for, uh, information that educates you. There is an education behind the scene. I am doing the four conversion equation right here. Interim, engage, educate, offer. And you get even free offering because you have free videos and you have a free book about uh, um, the finance that I wrote. So you're looking at it and you're like, okay, look at it. 
You don't have to buy anything. I'm not asking you to buy anything at all. But just look at it and the way it is. And look at your website and see if it interrupt, engage, educate, and offer. If it doesn't, you need to modify it. You need to find the right message. You need to educate the people why. Why is your product better than the competition? But not by saying, oh, my quality is better than a neighbor. No, you need a little education in there. So you need to find the right verbiage to express that. That's what you got to do. So I will be tonight on the sea show. It's Friday night, so we're going to relax tonight on the sea show. Uh, what time is I'm going over there? I don't remember. 7.30 Eastern time. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, on Sunday night, uh, I will be with Ben because we're going to do a special. I'm doing a special f uh, with him. It's going to be his pilot um, first uh, talk that he's going to do before he launches his show Monday night. So it's going to be for two hours on the sea show with me. So he's going to start his show in my show, which is going to be awesome. I'm excited about it. That's going to be fun. And on Monday night, I will be with him at 7 uh, Eastern Time as his guest. Well, he's going to do his show the first time. He asked me to be his guest. And I said, not a problem. I can come and crush somebody else's <laughs> show. I like people crushing my show, but I like to crush somebody else's show too. So I'm going to go on his show. And it's going to be super interesting. As I said, I challenged him a few weeks ago to start his own show. And uh, um, I'm excited for him to be able to uh, do that live. So it's going to be exciting. So if you want to join me tonight, six, uh, what, did, what did I say? I don't remember. 6.30 Central. So 7.30 Eastern Time tonight. I don't know. It's, it's Friday, people. All right. <laughs> I'm just having a blast. And I'm like... Yeah, it's been a long week. I've been in meeting all day long and I'm like, oh my God. And I got one more meeting to do and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I have people calling me and I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. I had to do something except the pups are sleeping. Thank God I took them to doggy daycare. I will talk about doggy daycare tonight because those two are officially on the black list. <laughs> the doggy daycare. I think they're going to... I think one day, soon around the corner, I hope not, they're going to call me and say, take your brats of a dog out of here. We don't want to see them anymore. Yeah, they're creating their own revolution too. What can I say? So, guys, we'll see you tonight. Oh, my love, have a great day. If you need to connect with me, you can go on, um, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, direct message on Instagram. Instagram. Or uh, Owl. I don't know if you know this app, but I'm on Owl. Um, and you can ask the expert. I'm on there too. But if you need to connect with me, just connect with me and I can talk to you. Otherwise, I will continue to do this for the next several weeks until I start to tweak and change about uh, those sessions. Because I think it's essential for anyone to know that. And as a shopper, you should know that as well. And go to Walmart. I'm telling you, go to the... Um, soap and the shampoo. You will have a proof of all of the sales I talk about. And it's done in a way, and the way they are doing, and I forgot the word in English when you do the layout of your um, uh, um, stores. I forgot the word. Uh, planning. Here we go. It's the planners. It's the planning, what they do. Uh, the way they're doing it is done in such a strategic way that it actually caters to every kind of shoppers. That's why they are good at it. So you can use the formula, I give it to you, which uh, Walmart is using it. Everybody is using it. Do it for your own business. Doesn't matter if you sell a product or a service. So we'll talk to you tonight. Bye.